0: Welcome to Arcade Audio. Hello and
1: welcome to a very special bonus episode of Shared History, This is Nat checking in sans Cass and Rip because I'm recording this from my own little quarantine cocoon because, well, we've been ordered to shelter in place due to the coronavirus outbreak and you probably already know that and so let's not talk about it because this isn't about that. We are still recording season two safely and remotely through the power of technology, but in the interim... Uh, We wanted to offer up this little bonus episode to give listeners an opportunity to laugh and learn and just distract themselves for a bit. We released this first as a Patreon exclusive. Um, So, like, go subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash arcade audio. Okay, cool. Um, But we wanted to share it to you here now um, just because we love you and we miss you and Season two won't be ready for a bit, so to tide you over, this recording is from our first ever live episode. It was recorded in Naperville in November of last year, so 2019, uh, where we were invited to come speak at Naperville's Ed Talk, where a previous episode of Shared History, I believe episode five, had actually inspired the whole event and topic for the evening, which was Naperville Mysteries and Histories or it may have been histories and mysteries. I don't know, and I didn't check before I hit record. So they asked that we come in and share the story of Butch, you know, the authentic Egyptian mummy that's just chilling in the humanities office of my old high school, Naperville Central High School. But to spice things up and not retell the same story twice, because (laughs) that's lame, and I only do that socially, we brought a very special guest with us. James Galanis is not only a former teacher of mine from high school and one that I've mentioned very often on the pod, but he was also one of the designated mummy caretakers for, I think, 25 years alongside Mr. Henneberry. Shout out, Mr. Henneberry. He joined us live at the event to fill in the gaps and add some personal anecdotes as the world's best primary source ever. Um, Andy let me drag him out of retirement to do it. So big thanks to Mr. Galanis. Uh, you can check out our Instagram at SharedPod to put a dashing Greek face to that name as we go. And if you do subscribe to our Patreon, there is a video actually we recorded this whole event on video as well. So uh, you can see some of the things that he points to during uh, our presentation. Also, a uh, quick note before we dive right into this, uh, forgive our audio on this one. We did the best we could with the resources we had access to at that evening, and they were not what we expected or uh, ideal for that matter. But we'd made it do and we're making do again because that's what we do. So enjoy this episode, this glimpse back into the past in more ways than one, and um, we'll share you later.
0: Welcome, Natalie, Cass, uh, and Jim. Thank you. Oh, 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 oh. Hello, everyone. Hello. Uh, Cass, do you want to warm everybody up? Well, so uh, our our lovely producer, uh, Rich Camalucci, who we have lovingly dubbed DJ Rip, uh, needed a minute to set up the mics, but he's all good to go. So I'm going to oh. do it anyway, all okay. right? Okay. Okay, so when I say okay, you guys say all right. Okay. Okay. When I say all right, you say okay. All right. All right. Okay. Okay? All right. All right. All right. (laughs) I get a kick out of it and that's all that matters.
1: Uh, if you think that our microphones aren't working because they're not amplifying, these are podcasting microphones. We don't have amplification on them. We reserved all of the amplification for Mr. Galanis. So, if he gets drunk with power, we'll have to do something about it, though. Uh, so, I'm Nat. This is Cass. This is Mr. Galanis. Uh, he has a first name, but I can't use it because he was my teacher for a while. Uh uh, we're we're the hosts of Shared History, we're a podcast based in Chicago, and we did an episode uh, earlier this season that we did on hometown histories. And I, uh, I'm very upset that I didn't find how, any of the stories that Katie just told us uh, when I was looking things up, but I chose to do something that I had a little bit... More of like a not hands-on, but hands-on experience with
0: personal connection. Yeah,
1: more personal connection with, uh, and that ooh, that is the mummy. Um, but I just want to thank I want to thank uh, Julie and the uh, Naperville uh, newcomers and neighbors club for having us. Even though I'm neither a newcomer nor a neighbor, I'm a Naperville leaver, I guess at this point. Um, but I uh, I peaked in high school, so I keep coming back. Um, <laughs> So it's, uh, speaking of peeking in high school, uh, Mr. Galanis is going to act as uh, <laughs>
0: that was the worst introduction ever, Natalie. It was supposed to be a our dig me. Our honored guest, uh,
1: Mr. Galanis, is kind of going to act as our uh, uh, our man on the street, if you will, our our live BS detector. Uh, as I tell this story, that is based on my research as an amateur historian, mostly
0: comedian nonsense human. So so the way this podcast usually works is we each come in with a topic that the other person doesn't know about. Um, We go to a beautiful DJ Rip here and we're like, I'm going to do this topic, make sure Natalie doesn't do it. Um, And then we tell each other a story. So we're usually hearing it for the first time. And then we kind of discuss our way through it as the other person is giving the information. So we did this for one of our episodes, so I know the story already. Yeah. But so, that's usually the breakdown of how the podcast works. It's
1: usually a surprise. Uh, so I don't have to set up Naperville Central High School to you guys. I did for, for Cass when oh, I... The Red
0: Hawks. Uh, oh, you got it right this time. <laughs> Not the Redbirds?
1: Uh, I don't have to set up Naperville Central for you, but you guys know it. great school. Great academics, pretty decent sports, some notable alumni, and I don't know if you all knew this, but we have an Egyptian mummy. I believe we're the only high school in America that has its own Egyptian mummy. Uh, So... The, it was believed to be purchased in the 1920s or early 30s at a curio shop, which was apparently legal. It was legal to just purchase human remains as a souvenir. Uh, this was, it was legal until 1946, when someone thought, maybe this isn't a good idea. Uh, it was purchased by a Dr. Martin, uh, or as we
0: will call him lovingly, Doc Martin, Um uh, I took the Metra in here today, and uh, Natalie and Rip picked me up. And in the back of the car, I'm like, "Are we going to go past Martin Avenue? We're going to go past Martin Even Avenue." It has nothing to do with this, Doctor Martin. You said it was briefly. I'm excited to learn Naperville history as yeah. well. So this is a pleasure. So
1: it was donated at some point in the 1940s by a local Doctor Winifred Martin and his wife. This is a new detail that I actually just found was his actual name. Um, Who moved to Naperville in 1906. It has nothing to do with the Martins that we also heard about earlier tonight. Different Martin. Allegedly. Different Martin, because this one didn't have any children. Uh, Not much is known about the Martins. They didn't have any children. So specifics of where he got the mummy, why he thought it was a neat souvenir, or why he donated it to a high school... Uh, remain unknown, um, yes, do they remain unknown or do you know where, why and where? Well, he was an avid
2: traveler and a collector. And from my understanding, he came back with not only the mummy which he purchased, we don't know where, um, he also came back with some African shields and some spears and some other artifacts and um, he donated them eventually to the Naperville School, the library, so the community could come out and see them for themselves. So that's the story behind Dr. Martin, his collection. Um, When I arrived at Central back in 1988, only the mummy was, um, was around. The shields and the spears and the other artifacts had basically disappeared. So
0: So somebody has shields and spears. (laughs) Well, and and as was mentioned in the previous uh, presentation, like, Egyptology was huge in the Victorian era. And, like, museums were bringing, like, the Alberts uh, exhibit in England in the Victorian era. Like, kind of sparked all of this, oh, let's go to Egypt and bring all these artifacts back. Which usually when we think of museums, we think of like people like very much taking care of and using gloves. And back then it was just like, oh, found a mummy. gonna we- bring it to America. Grab this mummy, fit in my carry-on. <laughs>
1: uh, so sometime in, 19, in the 1940s, Dr. Martin donated the mummy to the school. Uh, and then it just got put in storage like you do with your mummies and your extra Christmas trees. It got put in storage. <laughs> Because Naperville was growing and the school was under
2: renovation. So from my understanding, the administration decided to put it away for safekeeping down in the basement. And then it was forgotten.
0: Well I'm I'm sure it felt at home there like Egyptian yeah. tomb, yeah. High, school high school basement.
2: Same thing. My question is, um, I know the individual, he was a colleague of mine at Central when I started. He found it rummaging through the basement in 1975. Wait, 1975. you? he was the one that found it? And my first question was, what are you doing down there? And he told me there's just a lot of neat stuff, you got to go down there sometime.
0: And I said, no. <laughs> Not if there's remains down there. Oh, Tom Steiner.
1: Yeah, he was the he was later the Jefferson Junior High's uh, assistant principal. Yeah, um, yeah. Go high school. I don't. It wasn't my middle school. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I can confirm there's some cool stuff in Naperville Central's basement now that I can't get in trouble for it. <laughs> I will admit that we occasionally would... There was a door in the back of what was the original auditorium in the main part of the building um, that sometimes was unlocked, and we would go cavorting. There's no
0: retroactive detentions, are there? He's retired. He can't do anything. <laughs> you have no power here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so the mummy The truth was, comes out. When, when were the
1: renovations that the mummy was put in storage during? Because I what I don't understand is how long... We just misplaced or forgot about a mummy. From my understanding, they brought
2: it back in 1975. Yeah. And um, it had been in storage um, and forgotten about because teachers were being recycled in and out. And um, Mr. Lestina was down there looking for, for Halloween recall. decorations. He's a psychology teacher, so. Um, and he brought it back. Looking for his id. It, it was in the um, humanities department in the library case from the time they located it in 75, till I arrived in 1988, and um, when I got hired in 1988, the instructional coordinator at the time was Mr. James Blaha, and he said, oh, by the way, one of your job requirements is to be caretaker of our supposed money. And I looked at him, (laughs)
0: Was there some sort of ceremony with that? There was no job
2: description. Neil. It was not in the job description. And I said, what, what mummy are you talking about? And he directed me out into the uh, social studies department, which was the old library at the time. And there was this mummy
0: with a Cubs hat on. Oh, they found him that way. First mummy. I don't know. <laughs> Everyone blames the goat. We all know it was Butch.
2: And Along with my tag team partner, Tom uh we became the caretakers and started the journey on basically finding out if it was real
1: or some kid's extra credit project. Some real good paper mache. Mm-hmm.
0: Natalie, yeah. h- uh, has Mr. Hennaberry been name-dropped? Oh, on Mr. Our... Henneberry has been
1: name-dropped in our podcast several times. So we times.
0: have a, a game. It's not a drinking game. Um... <laughs> We haven't played it, but we have we have all these kind of like jokes we keep bringing back. And Natalie, like in every episode, has dropped a different high school teacher. Like, oh, this one teacher, and so Mr. Golanis has got brought up many times. because well, he taught my favorite class, Golden Age, Age of, of the, the Mediterranean. Mediterranean. Yes, and Mr. Heddeberry has made uh, uh, some name drop appearances mm-hmm. as well. So
1: I just want to point that out. Listen, I spent a lot of time in the in the humanities department and the
0: basement. Apparently,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't I don't
1: remember what it's called, but there's an a, there's an award that they give to seniors, like for each department. And I got the humanities departmental award, but I think it was just because I was around so much. I think it was from quantity of classes taken and nothing else. Did you get a certificate? Or I'm was sure I have one. Of... It's probably in my basement with all of my mummies. <laughs> It's, it's where I store things. So when we when we when the, so the mummy was found in 1975, and they named him Butch. Uh, he was not much long, more than three feet in length. And in 1990, he was restored by the University of Chicago.
2: Yes, there's there's a piece though that's oh I mean whoo!
1: 1975 well, to 1990.
2: <laughs> when, when I got on board, uh, uh, my first job was to get a hold of the Field Museum to find out if it was
1: authentic. Did Butch get rejected by the field museum? The field museum rejected me because they hung up on me.
2: (gasps) Because they didn't believe believe me. and It took a letter and a phone call from my instructional coordinator James Blaha, that we have a mummy here, we just don't know if it's authentic. Can you please send somebody out? So they sent, um, I still remember his name. I still remember meeting him uh, on a Saturday morning. Dr. Frank Yurko, he's no longer with us. And he came in very skeptical and did an investigation, took some pictures, looked it over, and proclaimed that it was indeed a Ptolemaic period child mummy. And then turned to us and said, what are you doing with this? <laughs>
1: do 't ask questions yeah. <laughs> you're like, I don't know but it's part of my job now he was <laughs> angry. I, I just got here yeah so that was when, when was that
2: That was in
1: um, 88 89 okay so no you're fine because this is all right in uh, you're perfect don't change um, in 1990 then the University of Chicago restored him
2: yes we got a hold of the Oriental Institute if you're familiar on the University of Chicago campus, and um, Dr. Yurko uh, recommended uh, Laura D'Alessandro, who was the uh, conservator, and um, much more pleasant than Dr. Yurko, and uh, she came out, and um, they happily volunteered uh, her time to restore the mummy, which was deteriorating badly, and it was in really bad shape, And we were a school, and we were poor, and um, therefore she, she um, volunteered her time and and restored her. Um, Do I have time for a real quick story? Go for it. Always. We had to bring the mummy to her, and one of the parents was kind enough to build a casket coffin, (laughs) and um, Mr. Henneberry drove an IROC Z. And we, what? Wait, hold on. What is
0: no, an IROC Z? Pullback. Listen, was it top down? It was, no, it was it down. Y'all are in the carpool lane? No, no carpool It's lane. my mommy. And we
2: wound up putting uh, Butch at the time in the back seat of his uh, IROC Z. And um, we're driving it to Chicago. And we both looked at each other. And we have this coffin in the back. And I said... You know, Tom, I think it'd be a real good idea if you drove under the street. <laughs> because we're crossing from DuPage, obviously, to Cook, and that's all we need is trying to explain to a Chicago police officer what we're doing with a woman in the back of our.
0: I want no bad things to ever happen to you, but I so wish you guys had been pulled over. <laughs> that would have been such a great story. I want to write the screenplay, and in the screenplay version, you definitely get it's pulled It's weekend over. at Bernie's, but with a mummy. <laughs> Put some sunglasses on the mummy. Well, we arrived, and
2: Laura met us, and it was really cool. And we got to see, you know, down in the basement what's in the Oriental Museum. And, back um, to the
0: basement. Back yeah, back to the basement. That's where she works.
2: <laughs> Do and, they have their uh, own mummies in the basement? <laughs> they have a lot of other mummies in the basement. So they Butch had friends. But uh, we prom- we we made her promise that she would drive him back. Him back. Yeah. We wouldn't
0: go out and get, and she did, which was great. Well, so, Natalie, like, when Natalie Money was carpool. telling the story originally, and, and she had mentioned you in a previous podcast uh, episode of, like, oh, I was taking this class, my teacher, Mr. Glanis, and then you said Mr. Glanis was going to be here for this. I didn't realize, like, we have, like, first-person narrative, right? I didn't realize <laughs> you were doing all this.
2: Well, that's
0: Natalie's fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie? Listen. It was, I, I, I'm not a historian. Natalie, I'm, of Natalie, I'm sure you're life. wondering why I've brought everyone here today. This is an intervention and we need to talk about your storytelling skills. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I deserve this. Uh,
1: back to my story though. <laughs> back to Butch. In, uh, in, so in 94, the Grant Square Radiology Clinic in Hinsdale gave the mummy an extensive total body CAT scan because mummies get free health care uh, to try and determine the uh, the sex age and cause of death. And they were wrong. Yes, they were wrong on pretty much mo- all counts. Yes. Uh, this is what they, they, they also... Did, was this the same... Did Did they transport uh butch to the clinic in the same basket that you guys had used uh yes okay but uh, not so the it was very popular. <laughs> but not the muscle yeah, car man.
2: no not the muscle car <laughs> not the muscle <laughs> car but, um, their own vehicle mm. to transport and nice. we escorted it to
1: the so it was like yes. a mummy motorcade yeah. <laughs> great we were very excited about it so yeah they kept asking us questions as they were and you're like we don't know I mean, that's why his, we want you to scan what's it? his
0: favorite tummy here? year what does he like to eat <laughs> what's his moon sign what's his sun sign <laughs> Uh,
1: so their results said that the mummy was male and died at about eight and a half years old. And that was all determined allegedly by the skeletal maturation and sinus and dental development. the sex obviously determined by the pelvic structure. Um, he had a hole they saw in the back of his skull. Uh, there is a tribune article that says that's where Mr. Henneberry comes in and says that that was probably just because of the embalming process. So that, that, That theory still tracks, great. There's also a cloth
2: that's in the the heart area where they would um,
1: put a a beetle, scared scarab beetle, uh, to protect uh, against. Is it to protect the heart? Because don't they leave the heart in in the embalming process? They they do, but it's also
2: to help going through the journey into the afterlife. Um, They remove the brain, and that's an hour of episode we could spend together. (laughs) They do it through the nose, don't they? So yeah, they left it in, but it deteriorated, and the cloth—the original cloth—is still in the
0: chest cavity. Oh, that's so cool! Whoa, the heart like disintegrated in the cloth. That's cool. All (laughs) right, I'm learning things too. Uh,
1: So from then on, basically, he's just chilling in a climate-controlled mahogany and glass case in the humanities office. Yes, restored.
2: We we uh, got funds from the Naperville Education Association. And um, again, through students and contacts, there was somebody who um, had built or was in touch with um, museum cases. So we got him, which will later become her, in a nice, beautiful, mahogany case.
1: I wish that there was any climate control at Central the entire time I was a student there. <laughs> there's no
2: there's the climate control. There's it's a mo- sealed and there are humidity, uh, humidity pebbles Got it. to uh, suck up the oxygen that might get in when you lift up the case. So.
1: Okay, so just as uncomfortable as sitting in your classroom when I, oh, 10 years ago. <laughs> for, uh, yes, with no air conditioning. With no air conditioning. Uh, so then, uh, fast forward to 2002 when National Geographic comes a knocking. Uh, a show called The Mummy Road Show. Mummy Road show. Yeah. Uh, the producers w- were doing a bunch of episodes, but half-hour episodes on various mummies. One for a zoo, assumes, uh, and they wanted to feature Butch in a 30-minute episode. And for production. Paid for tests we're again.
2: Located in odd and mysterious
1: places. Oh, like high school
0: basements. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: We check that out. off the. We <laughs> <laughs> a phone call from New York,
2: and um, they wanted to come out and bring. Uh, Showbiz. And it was our 15 minutes of fame in 2002, 2003, and um, every major newspaper and radio station came to Naperville Central and. Um, It was the Mummy Roadshow. I think you could find it on on YouTube. However, our episode was called High School Mummy. Uh, I don't think it's on YouTube anymore, but there are others that are located there. Um, And they were from out east. Uh, Ron and Jerry were their names. They were doctors. And it was pretty cool. It was 72 hours of nonstop, thorough, um, detailed analysis. They actually pulled a tooth.
1: Yep. Uh, DNA. Yeah, yeah. They they x-rayed Butch with a portable X-ray machine, which I'm gonna throw back to our very first episode because uh, a petite Curie. Uh, our first episode, or our second, ep- some episode at the beginning of, was this? Our it second? was our
0: it was our second episode. It was our science. It's our science episode. episode.
1: Uh, I go into way too much detail about Marie Curie in that episode. So she uh, developed portable X-rays in the war. So. Marie Curie's great. Um, great callback. Uh, wrapped him, cut. snagged a tooth to analyze. Yeah, this all took place in my classroom. So they
2: did everything in the classroom, and they started on a Thursday, and I had to get 10 of my
1: finest students to come in and help. I wasn't around yet, so I couldn't be one so, of the finest.
0: So when I think of, like, restoration and, and like, ancient artifacts, I think of, like... Hazmat suits, because oxygen is killer for everything. Like, did they? Like, how did they do that? Were they just wearing gloves, or did they have to like seal anything off, put some drop cloths yeah, they, down? They wore gloves and then
2: they um, did an endoscopy.
0: So they just they just like out in the open air. They opened up the um, the,
2: the wrappings. Yeah. Um, removed the mask, which was uh, intense because we had never seen her without her...
1: So
2: it's a woman, not it's a girl, yeah. Yeah, spoiler alert. It's, it's a it woman. not necessarily for the notoriety. We did it because National Geographic was going to provide us with a detailed analysis of what she possibly died from, and um, if it was male or female, and something we would never be able to do on our own. And um, it, was, it was great publicity. Um, but um, it gave us answers that we needed. And so we, we pulled a tooth, a mummy tooth. I remember being under the desk with a net just in case. She she has all of her teeth. No. I mean, that's impressive. They're in terrific shape to to, to possibly catch so it just in case. Oh, yeah.
0: Because we, we've got a picture of it. It's in like an actual kind of sarcophagus kind of thing. Um, so when Natalie was telling me, I was assuming like a uh, skeleton and wrappings, and then we've got a picture. And I don't know how to. This uh, dis- it disconnected from. There a clicker computer. somewhere?
1: It's fine. Eh, it'll all come right. up in a minute.
0: Um, but no, it is actually in the like in the sarcophagus, and um, so you guys had to open that up. Was that they, they it frightening? We
2: were, it was intense. It was. Yeah. It was like okay.
0: Because um, it could probably break. Or we're all, <laughs> we're all just. Standing
2: around waiting for the tooth to be pulled, which was a lot, but at the same time they had to cut the wrappings, and they were going to pay for the restoration again. So Laura Sandra, who's at the University of Chicago, actually came out and spent the weekend with us to supervise what they were doing and how they were doing it. And she's the one who succeeded in
0: using her scalpel in removing the tooth from uh, the She's tooth. like, pulls out her holster. I had a scalpel right yeah. here. 10 blade. That's impressive. It was. Props to Laura.
1: I like to think you guys are all standing in that room, like, not breathing for a variety of reasons. One, because, like, you're holding your breath because you're nervous. And two, you don't want to, like, accidentally inhale some mummy.
0: I'm thinking it's like like an Indiana Jones situation, right? Like, there's some sort of puzzle, (laughs) and you've got, like, a bag of sand, and... Just say yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 And you were wearing a wearing a leather hat and a vest.
2: We did we did wear our uh, show, me the, the <laughs> Wait, sh- show me the money
0: switches. you guys have show me the money. it's show me the money which was <laughs> <laughs> Natalie, did you know about these shirts? I didn't
1: I did not I did not know just how I still, humorous. I still have mine at home, right? <laughs> how might one Why didn't you wear to curio to one me, of these? Okay. Crop tops are in, Mr. Glonis. Crop tops -tops -tops are are in. Uh, So did they? uh, I I read in one of my sources that uh, when they removed the mask and the wrappings, that you guys actually found out that the head was completely severed from the body. Whoa! Wait, wait, you didn't tell me that. I didn't know it until just this week. (gasps) Like you're keeping things from me. Um, The head was completely severed from the body. You heard it here first, gang. was we didn't
0: do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do it. It was, uh,
1: it was it's, it's too bad if we... I know. I don't know how to see throw it up there because um, my what, uh, computer fell asleep. it
2: looks
1: like it um, fell. Uh, some, somebody who... We're, we're working the, on it. With Tamarek's got to do it. Um, yeah. Was it... Do, do we know why, how the head was separated from the body? like, Or if was it maybe like an oopsies in like transport or...
0: Because when you say severed, I'm thinking like clean cut, not like it fell off.
2: If you look at some yearbooks at Central, Mm -hmm. you could actually see the mummy being used as a prop in a social studies teacher's classroom sitting on his knee like a puppet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're doing ventriloquist acts with the
0: mummy?
2: And that uh, that horrified us, but
0: oh my God! Wait, so they took him out of the tomb, and I mean, it, the case, yeah, better have been a good act. We would actually bring in the case. Can everyone see it? Um, so that must have been heavy too, like opening that bit up. Like it looks thick. Very,
2: yeah.
0: Well, she's very light. Right,
2: but <laughs> the yeah. but the yeah, they were very they were very careful in lifting up the mask and um, basically removing the tooth. And that's how we were. National Geographic was able to take that tooth and send it to Manchester, England, which is home of lost and found mummies. And they're able to extract the DNA and see if they can match her up with any other lost and found mummies. So she is in a data bank in Manchester, England. So if there are any other discoveries in the future, we have, um, we have a match, maybe.
0: but nothing L- yet. Lost and found mummies yeah. sounds like a place I want to go to. This all just sounds like the
1: 23andMe or Ancestry.com of this, <laughs>
0: of this mummy. Uh, the,
1: the, they, so it was National Geographic then who determined that the mummy is, in fact, a female. Uh, and about 2,020 years old, plus or minus... Yeah, um, they were able,
2: based on the, um, if I could yeah. point out this um, this piece here is from the Ptolemaic period. Um, for you non historians out there, uh, the Ptolemaic period is the period um, that Alexander the Great's general, uh, Ptolemy, ruled Egypt. And uh, the painting and the colors that were used at the time are associated with that period which is predominantly Greek, so, so I'll take a bottle with that. <laughs> um, it was originally, can you see where it was under her chin? And it, it, it broke off. So Laura just basically placed it on top of the of the cartonage. And um, if you look closer to the piece, you can see the old Egyptian gods and goddesses that are, are painted in the bright golds and yellows. and. Uh, Reds and, and blues. So they were able to further narrow down when she lived. Did you, did you have that
1: information? Uh, based, on the, based on the death mask, yeah. uh, uh, predates the Roman invasion of Egypt in 30 B.C., so Cleopatra's reign?
2: 54 to 30 B.C., so they're thinking um, possibly Cleopatra's reign which is pretty cool. So when I bring my kids in to see the mummy, I said, this is the closest you're gonna to get to possibly, I'm very passionate in my classroom if you haven't figured that out. And I bring them, I say, imagine this little girl, possibly, you know, running around the Nile while Queen Cleopatra was ruling. And I had bright eye pressure and I was like,
1: wow, that's really cool, so <laughs> you know. Do was the age range the ballpark of the like eight and a half? Seven and nine. Okay, so that was that was accurate. Mm -hmm. The radiology Mm -hmm. clinic got that right. Just everything else. Everything else was a disaster.
0: (laughs) So Uh, I have a question. Like, do do all uh, students at the high school know that this is here? See, I, I feel like yeah. all
1: students at when
0: during my time during my it's reign, not just like it's not just like oh I'm I'm math and sciences I'm never in the humanity wing what do you guys got over there it's just like it's like our our high school all the freshman classes
2: um, get exposed to the mummy because we do a uh, we taught a three week unit on Egypt oh, okay and, uh, a few days was based on mummification got it uh, which is real fun to do with freshmen and, and real fun to do when you have a mummy. Yeah, <laughs> so we used to be able to roll her into the classroom which was really cool you know they walk in and you know they were, they were stunned uh, but now we just take the students around and i would talk about her and spend about 10-15 minutes
0: i feel like this is just rife for pranks like this just seems like a high school movie where it's like we stole the mummy and then a no she's pretty safe
1: I, f- I, f- I don't know if anyone would be brave enough to yeah. steal the mummy. I, I remember as a freshman, like, like I, had, I knew about the mummy because I'm the youngest of three. Uh, but I remember as a freshman during that part of class still being, like, kind of creeped out by the fact that, like, when you realize that it is an actual mummy and there's a person in there or the re- re- disintegrating remains of a person in there. I need to say that we treat her with the
2: utmost respect and uh tom and i took care of her for many many years and laura would pop in to make sure that the packages and everything was and we would change the uh they're not shown the the purple pebbles when there would be too much humidity uh and we would take care of her um a question i get all the time is preemptive strike here what is the mummy still doing at central and why don't you donate her? How many of you had that on your minds, right? Of course you did. Get it all the time. Um, we tried. We came together as a world history team. We got the IC on board. We got the administration on board. She belongs in the Field Museum or the Oriental Institute at the University of Chicago. They both rejected our offer.
0: <gasps> How dare they?
1: And with her GPA yes. and her ACT scores, she has so many extracurriculars and letters of rec. If I received the Humanities Department Award, she's been around longer. <laughs> she's been hanging around that office much longer than I have. They said that they
2: um, she doesn't have any appropriate documentation.
0: Oh, okay. And
2: they've got enough Except artifacts.
0: Except for her breastplate. They've got enough artifacts
2: of their own that they house in the basement. I told you I'd get back to that. Mm-hmm. That they can't even display.
1: Yeah.
2: And to have another mummy, you know, without any documentation. So we hung on to
0: her. Well, that is cool because you're right. They probably would have thrown her in a basement and never looked at her and probably just gone for a renov- or cleanups every now and then. It's cool that you guys have this hands-on history for students because I feel like when you do, like, field trips and you take kids to, you know, museums or whatnot, it, it just feels a little removed still mm-hmm. So, having this be like, oh, I'm learning, let's pop over and actually look at what we're learning about, and it's 2,000 years old. Like, that's a really great way to, that's exciting, and that makes people want to learn, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, just because we mentioned the Field Museum's basement, there is a tour that you can do at the Field Museum. I don't remember what it's called, where they do take you through some of the archives. I personally have not been, but I follow uh, Sue on Twitter, to the T-Rex at the Field Museum. Uh, honestly, like She's the best Twitter account. That and Sparknotes, best Twitter accounts. Um, they, I'm a nerd. We
0: follow Sparknotes on Twitter. <laughs> we They're did, very funny. They really funny.
1: have a great Twitter account.
0: Um, <laughs> Uh, I
1: I have heard nothing but great things about this tour because they walk you through some of the pieces that don't often make it on the museum floor, but that the researchers are really into. Um, but back to Butch now, Cleo, though renamed what? And then in like two
2: thousand three, our uh, department secretary decided to have a name uh, contest uh, for the that
1: can be dangerous.
2: Right. <laughs> and. Um, she made a little ballots for us, and we uh, passed them out, and we had a variety of different names, 90% that it was female based on the CAT scan. And um, so they, you know, being a freshman, came up with the very unique name of, of Cleo, so we went with it.
0: Do you have any reject names that you remember for us? Actually, I don't. Oh man, Bodie McBoatface. Can you make some up right now?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone ever called that mummy Cleo. So this, if this was 2003 that she was renamed, 2003, 2004. I wasn't at Central until like a year or two later. Never called that mummy Cleo ever. She is Butch.
0: Nicknames die hard. Butch,
2: right? Well, because
0: you, you, I think had pulled up like an article or an old something, and like every written thing about it, it called it called yeah. her Butch as well. Yep. It's just I actually found stick. A... Yeah. I actually and found a, uh, a construct. I
1: a yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: I actually found a quote from 1994, so we can use this to lord this over uh, over Mr. Henneberry. No, no, you're in trouble. Yeah, no, no, you're, sure, you're, you're wondering clear. why we brought you uh, here. There's, in 1994, there's a quote from Mr. Henneberry saying, "Like, and we'll have to we'll have to find him a better name than Butch." And so I think it is uh, very amusing that you guys, that with we, everyone went through the trouble of renaming her, and you know nicknames just stick.
0: Sticky there names. Remember
2: that the department secretary uh, liked Cuomo the best, and the
0: results- <laughs> I was a rigged. <laughs> the results were fixed. <laughs> Scandal, you guys heard it here first. Um, so that's that's a story,
1: as I know it, of, of yeah. Butch the mummy. Uh, if anyone has any questions for us, we are all ears, but uh, Mr. Glanis will probably be the one qualified to answer them. Yeah. She insured. And
2: what's value? Her value is approximately $5,000, and I believe she comes under the insurance policy of the school Is there a specific policy for her? Not that I'm aware of.
0: There's no mummy insurance. (laughs) She didn't need it, she got free healthcare. That's right, twice. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Actually, that's a great question. Um, Anything about the status?
2: Because not everyone could be mummified because it was such an expensive process that only the wealthy could afford this process. It was 70 days. And um, I always tell my students when we go to the Field Museum and see the mummy, or the Oriental Institute, just because you see mummies and they're so popular, not everybody was mummified. A lot of them were just buried in, in the sand dunes with the natural dehydration process that took place because of Egypt's climate. She's in the wrong climate. She's obviously deteriorating, slowly but surely. There's not much we could do about that, but we do believe, and the doctors, Ron Beckett and Jerry uh, Coglin, I remember their names from the Mummy Roadshow, um, also confirmed wealthy in order to afford this uh, process. Did we figure out the cause of death? They, um, the the X-rays, they. Um, be- Basically showed um, what are called Harris lines, and Harris lines. I'm I'm not a medical person, but the way they explained it to me was stunt of growth, and consequently they believe it was a guess malaria.
1: Checks out. So nothing to do with the head being separated from the body. No, that was
0: just poor handling <laughs> yeah, probably. just bad. It was just act Just poor prop work. More, this is how she came.
1: There was
2: no um, you know stone sarcophagus or wooden sarcophagus that would tell us more. This is how uh, Winifred Martin brought her.
0: So that's not a sarcophagus, what do you call that? That's Just a like a cartonage. A cartonage, it's that's a, what the a, Here is a is a cartonage. And if you look
2: through it carefully, I brought pictures. It was it was hard to say goodbye because I had taken care of her. I asked my, my beautiful wife back there, Valerie, if I could bring her home. <laughs> And she said, no, I put her in the bar, I could take care of her. Put her in the bar! Right there, you know, see-through glass. I joke, but um, we made sure that the new hires that replaced me and
1: Tom would take care of her. Who are her official new caretakers? Uh, Sarah Braun.
0: And do they have a ceremony yet for the caretakers? No, no, we need to work and, uh, on that. Samantha Allen. And so what was the, the cardinal made of? Oh,
2: oh, here. this is the virus. This so is papyrus. this is a papyrus death mask.
0: Okay. Okay,
1: all death mask papyrus. Like, oh,
0: it looks gold. like... <laughs> We're rich, Mr. Galata. It, no, it's gold leaf paint. It looks like stone. No, it's... it's, it's that's it's, all paper? This is all papyrus. That's papyrus. some... You also can see some of the um.
2: underneath the bandages.
0: Oh, that's underneath it. That's,
2: that's underneath, there's writings.
0: That's some great papier-mâché work, people.
1: Yeah. And uh,
2: the uh, the black substance you see here is actually uh, bitumen, or what we would call tar, because um, she's not supposed to be seen like this underneath the uh, the coffin. It, they would seal it. Yeah. With tar, and um, obviously somebody took her out, and the tar had melted and come down on her bandages.
1: Oh. Yeah, somebody took her out and put her in their curio shop. <laughs> it, was, it was common. It's yeah. bonkers to me. Okay. Any more uh, questions about, I'm still going to call her Butch. Any more questions? We got, about, we got one over here. Yes. When are you going
0: to Do when they allow visitors? Take... Yes.
2: I am, I am sure that if um, you contacted Lil Student Activities, Mr. Boshensky, <laughs> your favorite. Yes. Okay.
1: You're my favorite, Mr. Galanis. Thank you.
0: Thank we you. actually have buses outside so <laughs> yeah. everyone can get up and we're gonna go right now. Time for you
2: to come and visit and go up and see her.
0: But for everyone else, Lynn Nolan, I
1: feel like is probably the best like if, if people here want wanted to go yes. organize a trip. Wanted
2: to see. Um, they used to give tours because Central was renovated a few years ago. Um, and it's just absolutely beautiful. Uh Natalie was not part of that renovation. Nope,
0: right after I left. <laughs> that was intentional. <laughs> she doesn't so get this.
2: My college and, um, did that too. <laughs> and, and see her, it's open to the public. You just need to let them know that you're coming.
0: And I think some of your kids may have seen her before because I know my kids even though they really graduated from Maplewood North High
2: School, I remember hearing about Butch because they were able go on a field trip right there. Right, we used to give 6th grade presentations of the mummy where Madison and Jefferson and Washington and Kennedy would
1: come, the presidents would come. All of the president.
0: Wow, you guys, you guys draw a crowd. Let me tell you, good job, Naperville. <laughs> so,
1: um, yeah. yeah. Oh, any closer to knowing what the Egyptians use as a preservative?
2: The the major preservative was natron, which we would call salt, and. Um, There is um, one of my my favorite American Egyptologists is Dr. Bob Breyer. And if you've got some time, uh, go on YouTube. And um, he, uh, the Discovery Channel, had him actually, um, a body was donated to science. He took the body and did an ancient Egyptian mummification. And I would show clips of it in class.
0: And wait to see who fainted yeah, first. Yeah, well,
2: and, and he does it according to uh, tradition because none of it is written down.
0: So, so he would probably use the same like tools and everything too. Ooh, spooky, yeah. scary.
1: He started. He's a multiplication supposed to start with a uh,
2: an incision on the on the left side, and he was using um, uh, bronze instruments, and they were not cutting. And he gets real frustrated in the in the show um when national geographic came out just a side note am i getting i'm not dr breyer to come down and he was going to come but he had a prior engagement he's my hero um and um basically he used um obsidian glass flake and what did he say in the video it cut like butter and so, the kids would just start
0: <laughs> grabbing their left side. So, but he was like, "They used bronze, so I'm going to try it, and it's not working." And that's then that's what he thought. Worked. That's what he thought. Yeah. yeah. And So uh,
2: it, it didn't work. It was dull. So he used the obsidian flake in it.
0: Oh, that's so cool! Volcanic. Volcanic. Oh, volcanic. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. Good stuff. Just real
2: quick, I think you said when you
0: took the mask off, you actually saw her face. It's, it's a song. I, so in, Yeah. Was it deteriorated at all? I mean, it it's two thousand years, years old, old, right? Like they didn't have botox. No, she back looks then. great for her age. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it
2: tight. What's her secret? I cannot emphasize enough how um, intense and respectful the kids were while we were doing this 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 process with National Geographic. It was. Um, we all just went home and.
0: <laughs> we're going to have to see if we can find uh, That episode somewhere The internet Is a it's big place for <laughs> yeah. I,
2: I, The Mummy Road Show is on YouTube But I have uh, It's called a High, high School Mummy And uh, if you wanted a copy Mr. Bochensky I'm sure could get you a copy They were over from Thursday And they left Sunday And they put together a 25-30 minute show I look great, I got a white shirt I got the same Egyptian
0: tie That tie's been in his basement since then. We've got to talk about this. You've got this amazing tie. Uh, uh, Your wife's wearing a necklace with a cartouche on it, isn't it?
2: Which I waited in line for in Cairo for many hours.
1: And he's not going to let her forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's in the, uh, well, now it's the social studies department, because it's in the social studies department office. Not in of the glass case. It's still in yes. that same case. Yeah. I have one other question. Sure. What other unusual things did you discover in the basement when you were making your Yeah, Natalie. Just when the like, door was what else unlocked. did I find in the Naperville Central basement, uh um lockers I didn't know were there and a, a the creepiest thing was there is a room that we went down like a couple steps Who's into. we
0: names? I don't <laughs> And their parents' names. Oh no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get them in
1: trouble. We're all <laughs> Retro- gonna get detention. Uh, we, we, um, there's like a room that had just. It looked like a desk graveyard, and <laughs> had like a single bulb hanging in the middle of it that was on. So like, if Central's electric bill is through the roof, it's because y'all keep leaving the lights on in the basement. <laughs> Um, and it was just like, I walked in that room and just noped and left. I was like, nope, 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 nope. And I, so and, I didn't and, get
0: that deep in there. And the decision to go down there, there's a story here that I'm going to suss out. It was... a
1: high
0: school student. Yeah, yeah, just trying to learn more. I was like
1: Which, bored at intermission of a show that I was in. And it was connected to the to where the green room was. I do
2: have some pictures that uh, are in color yeah. that I'm going to put on the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the desk. <laughs> so if you'd like to take a look, um, there are some close-ups. And add to that, please help yourselves.
1: And then Cass and I have to close things out like we always do on the podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, corrections, or suggestions, uh, you can email us at uh, sharedhistorypodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We post a lot. Of, we've posted pictures of Cleo on our Instagram. Uh, it's at sharedpod. There are cards on your on your tables, and uh, you can uh, you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play Music, on whatever your podcasting choice is, Stitcher, um, and then as we we always sign off by saying,
0: share, share you, you later. later. <laughs> and give it for me-